We're here with Greg Modica. Greg made his return to a professional mound after a 14-year layoff. What a wonderful story. Greg, give us a little bit of uh, background of, you know, who you played for before you got this opportunity to get back into pro ball. I went to a small college in Missouri. Uh, hit puberty kind of late. So coming out of high school, I was undersized and just looking for an opportunity to play. So I picked up and went out to Missouri. I played there uh, for three years. And about my sophomore year, my sophomore year, um, I hit a little bit of a growth spurt. My velocity jumped and uh, started getting some looks from, from pro ball. I signed as a free agent in 2001 with the San Diego Padres a couple weeks after the draft. I was with them for two seasons. Struggled to really get comfortable in the bullpen. Um, di different. When you're with a major league organization, they kind of have like a philosophy in the organization. They want to be like to be a fastball slider guy. I was more fastball changeup. Um, so got released. What wasn't as successful as I thought I should have been there. I went to the Frontier League with the River City Rascals. Was an all star there in 2003. I uh, got invited to spring training with the Brewers in 2004. Mm -hmm. Got released the last day. Went back to the Frontier League. Uh, was 11-3 and in 2004. And got a chance to go to the Atlantic League, which was mostly ex-big leaguers, AAA veterans. I got to make two starts at the end of 2004. My first start, I, I had a no-hitter into the seventh. Give a blooper. And uh, that kind of cemented my spot for 2005. Right. So I went back to the Somerset Patriots. Won a championship with them there in 05. Got to pitch game one of the championship series. And then uh, it was a little, it made a little more sense the next year for me uh, to play with the Ducks. So I pitched in 2006 with the Long Island Ducks and I tore my rotator cuff and that was the end of my baseball career. Or so we thought. Exactly. Now here we are in 2020, right? So you're talking about 2006. You, you had an arm injury. You kind of wrapped things up. Um, I know that you spent a lot of time coaching and training ball players on all kinds of levels. How does somebody at age 40, after having like a major arm injury and kind of putting that behind him, get an opportunity to play pro ball again? Uh, well, listen, it's COVID year. It's kind of crazy, right? So yeah, I'm on Instagram and I try to stay active and, and it's good for business, but I I never, I showed like a lot of my players and I never did any like personal stuff. So at 39 last summer, I was like, you know what? For my 40th birthday, I want to hit 90 miles an hour. You know, I, I, I haven't been anywhere near there. I don't think for a few years. Um, I, I, I let myself go a little bit. I was out of shape and I was like, you know what? This will be, this will be something cool to do. My 40th birthday say so I still hit 90 miles an hour. So started, started to get in shape slowly, uh, started throwing about January had, you know, I had a target date. I didn't want to start throwing too early cause I didn't want to burn out. And then, uh, COVID hit. So here I am on board. There's nothing to do. Just, I mean, not training players, not doing anything. So I loaded all my, my weight training equipment into my car. And I would go up to Highland Park every day, throw into a handball wall. 
made a little strike zone box. And any day that, that it was nice out, I went through. Then I would take all my weight training equipment. I would go down on the turf field and lift. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a couple of my pro guys would meet me over there too. You no know, gyms open. So we would just go and, and it was just something to occupy the time. And, you know, I still had that focus of, hey, I want to hit 90 miles an hour. In the meantime, a bunch of, a bunch of kids, some guys also, you know, Alan Watson was one of the guys bet yeah. against me. So I had like $50 bets with like 15 different people. Yeah. They said I wouldn't hit 90. So, you know, as we got closer, you know, there was still nothing going on. Uh, about a week and a half after my birthday, I hit 91, and I thought that was it. I thought, like, doing that was going to destroy my arm. Right. I thought I wouldn't be able to wipe my ass for weeks, and I thought, all right, I'm done throwing a baseball, and that's it. So just back to coaching. I didn't I didn't touch a ball. About three, four weeks later, uh, someone set up a men's league tournament in the Bronx. Right. And... Uh, it was a Saturday and a Sunday. Sunday was Father's Day. So on Saturday, I brought like five pitchers down to throw. So I, I have my bag. I have the radar gone. And, you know, I'm trying to take video for them. Some of these guys are free agents. They don't know what's going on in the Pro Bowl. And they're, they're, they're hoping that there's an opportunity that opens up. So they all throw. And uh, the guy was like, hey, we play tomorrow morning. We're going to be a couple arms short. Can you bring me a few guys for tomorrow? So I was like, yeah. I, so I had a high school guy I was going to bring in a pro guy. Mm. So had had plans with uh, with my wife's father for Father's Day. So I told her, I said, listen, I'm going to go. I want to watch these guys throw. I'm going to take them to the Bronx. And then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get home by 1 o'clock and then we'll head out to Long Island. Sure. So... They, they possibly had to play two games and they were going to be short arms. So I was like, you know what? Just in case, like, if they're blowing someone out, I'll go out there and I'll just throw the ball in the strike zone, eat up a couple innings, and then I'll let my guys stay to pitch the second game. Yeah. So I throw I throw my stuff in and I still had the radar gun in my bag and uh, get to the park. And one of the uh, – Jorge Perez was with the Astros – he comes up and he asks me if I could play catch with him before the game. I was like, yeah, no problem. So I, I do some bands to loosen up. And the first the first throw I make, he just starts laughing. Then I throw the second I throw a second ball to him and he goes, yo, you got to pitch an inning today. And I was like, why? He was like, yo, the ball's jumping out of your hand. So I was like, surprisingly, my arm feels all right. I thought when I, when I hit 91, I thought that was it. I thought I was going to tear what was left of my rotator cuff. Yeah. So I go out there, I throw an inning. They go, him and another guy that I work with pull a gun out of my bag. And uh, I think it was like 85, 87, 85, 88. And I hadn't touched the baseball in a month. Right. So then I leave and I start thinking that I'm spotting up, throwing all my pitches for strikes. I have a quick inning. And I'm like, man. If I'd been throwing, I, I get a little pissed off. Like, damn, if I had been playing catch all month, I'd have been throwing harder than 85, 88. And, you know, maybe I'd look even better. So then I'm, I had a lot of fun. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep, I'm going to stay in shape. Maybe I'm going to throw to some of my college guys this summer. Talk a little shit with them. Right. Where, do, yeah. do, do what guys do, you know. Sure. I'm in shape. I might as well just take advantage of it. After I threw in the Bronx, I had like 
four or five men's league teams hit me up. Right, of course. And now they see an arm with like good enough you know, velocity. And you're like, me, there's not that many guys sitting around throwing 85, 88 they're, like strikes. They're, they're yeah. asking me to go to like tournaments all over the country. So I thought about it. I like registered online with one team. And then uh, COVID hit. And the teams that had been in a Can-Am league that were going to join the Frontier League, the New Jersey Jackals, mm. the Rockland Boulders, and the Sussex County Miners announced that they were going to start like a little startup league to give guys something to do. So I didn't know anything about it until one of the guys that was with Rockland called me and asked me to send my pitchers down. So I, Kevin Byers was the manager of Rockland. Yeah. So I called him. He was completely in the dark. Did you play with Kevin? I, I, played, I played for him. I played against him in 05. Okay. He retired midway through the year. And then uh, I he was on the coaching staff when I was with the Ducks. Okay. Right. So I call him. He knows nothing about it. So I text the kid back, and I'm like, are you sure they're doing something? Because Baez had no clue. And he goes, I don't know. Maybe they changed their mind again. I talked to the GM an hour ago. I said, send me his number. So I call the GM, and he goes, 100% we're doing it. He said, he said, Baez is not going to be involved. I said, okay, it makes sense. So I send all my guys. I have, I have four pitchers. I, I sent, you know, I give them the information and I tell this guy, listen, you should keep these guys. They can all throw great. They're great kids. So now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I want to go, but I'm also thinking like, I don't want to take a spot from from somebody. God forbid, like, one of my kids goes out there and, and has a terrible day and I have a really good day. If they kept me over one of my kids, I'm, I'm going to feel like shit. Uh, not that they should keep one of me over those kids because those kids have live arms. But, again, you never know. You never know. One of those guys goes out and has a bad day. I would feel really bad. So I was like, ah, I'm not even going to do it. One of my guys had two really bad days and called me up and was like, listen, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know what I'm going to do. And the New Jersey Jackals were doing something the Monday before the season. So the season started on Thursday. Rockland did something the week before, and the Jackals were going to do something on Monday. So I called I, I called him back, and I was like, listen, don't don't shut it down for the year. You're better than this. I know you're good enough to play. I'll go with you to the tryout with the Jackals. I'll throw with you. I'll be right there in the field with you. Like, let's do it together. I ain't got shit else to do with my life. Like, so this is on a Friday. And he was supposed to get called on Sunday. So Saturday, I'm I'm working with my guys. I'm done. And I was I, I told the hitter, get in the box. I, I want to throw, I want to throw three innings right now. I want to see if I can move tomorrow. I want to see if I get to a three innings. If I feel good, then I'm, I'm going to go try out for the Jackals. So I throw, not really cutting it loose. I'm throwing 80-83. Uh, but I, I feel good. I get through it. The next day I feel good. So the kid, the kid calls me on Sunday and says, I made, I made the bolts. I was already I was already locked in. I already told my wife Monday I'm going to the Jackal Stadium. 
the plan's already made. I, ha- I was mentally, I already right. had it in and, my mind. Right, so you didn't want to get out of it, sure. I'm already doing it. So I was like, well, I'm not going with this kid, but I'm taking my old ass down there, and I'm, I'm going to go out there. And I told her, listen, you've never really seen me pitch before. Right. I pitched maybe one men's league game four or five years ago, and she saw that. But I was like, you've never seen me pitch real baseball. What was her reaction? Calm, calm down. She probably thought I was nuts. She thought I was nuts. So we go down there, and the Jackals have like a big meeting. Well, first, let's go back. Yeah. So I go there on Monday, and my arm is still a little sore, throwing three innings on Saturday. So I just, I go tell tell a guy. He asked me to send down some of my guys. I show up. He goes, where are your guys? I said, they already, they already got picked up by Rockland. I have nobody else. I said, but I'm here. So he goes, I thought you trained players. I said, but I was a player before that. So he goes, all right, you'll be the third guy today. I said, no, I'm not throwing today. I said, I threw three innings on Saturday to see how I felt. And I feel all right. I said, so he goes, then why'd you come today? I said, I want to show you I'm serious. I said, this is not, this is not me just talking shit. Like I, I want to play. Yeah. So he goes, okay, so we'll have you come back and throw on Wednesday. So all day I stand there, I, I shag in the outfield. And I just play some light catch. And I just show them, look, I want to be here. I want to do this. So I come back Wednesday. So my wife goes back on me Wednesday so I can throw the hitters. And I threw well. I probably threw 30 pitches, threw 24 strikes. Uh, their staff didn't even watch me throw. Didn't even watch me throw. I came out and all the dudes were like, yo, you look good. You're pounding the zone. Um, you know, a bunch of people were like, yo, how old are you? I was like, 40. So then the, one of the coaches comes over and he gives me some BS. Yeah, you know, you look great. Uh, you know, at some point we're going to use you, but we're not going to go with you to start the year. And I get it. Like next year they're in the Frontier League. There's an age limit of 27. So some some teams are going to have the philosophy, hey, we want to stay with younger players. Mm-hmm. We want to try them out for next year, get a good read for next year. But tell me that. So I was annoyed. I got in my car. I was annoyed. And – the long ride back I knew, home. <laughs> I knew not only was I better than guys that were trying out, but I saw guys that were already given contracts and, and spots, and I was like, I'm better than these guys. Now, the difference is, can I throw three or four games and last, or am I going to break down? That I don't know. But if you just ask me if I'm, if I'm better than these guys, yes, I am. So I was pissed, but I'm driving home. And I told my wife, I said, I'm not, I'm playing. Somehow, some way this year, I am playing. I said, I feel good. I feel like I can compete. I said, and now, I kind of want to stick it up these guys' ass. Right. You know, because all I wanted was honesty. Sure. Just tell me one way or the other. Don't blow smoke up my ass. So, sure enough, a couple of days later, Jorge Perez, who was with Rockland, mm-hmm. Rockland made two teams. So a couple of my guys were with the New York Brave. Yep. That was Rockland's second team. And Rockland, they kind of drafted between the two teams. So he said that they lost two starting pitchers before even the first game. So he was like, you know, we're already shot pitching-wise. So I was like, tell your manager I'm ready. Tell him you got a 40-year-old man that wants to come out and is dead serious, wants to pitch. I said, you saw me throw in the Bronx. You, you know, you know what my velo was. And, you know, in a, in a pro atmosphere, it's going to be more. So their GM calls me like an hour later asking me for pitchers. 
And I was like, guy, I already sent you four people. I have no more. He was like, oh, you know, we're really shot with pitching. Pitchers these days, you know, they have to be on a strict pitch count. And everybody's arm is sore. And I was like, listen, I was like, I could pitch. I was like, I, you know, I was like, I got six years of pro ball. I've been out of the game for a little bit. Uh, complete over exaggeration. <laughs> right. But I was like, I've been out of the game for a little bit. I was like, but I, uh, I got, I'm in shape. I could throw. I said, I threw for the Jackals and completely just changed the subject on me. And I was like, all right, good talk, guy. So didn't have anybody. Yeah. So then uh, a day or two, it was a uh, Monday. Uh, Perez calls me back and he's like, yo, my manager wants you to come down and throw a bullpen tomorrow. So I was like, all right, I just threw a couple days ago with the Jackals, hanging a little bit, but I'm going to come and I'm going to throw light. I'll throw light, no big deal. So I drove out to Rockland, you know, introduced myself, and you know, I tell the manager, you know, you know how old I am, right? He was like, I don't care. He's like, we need arms. If you could compete, if, if you give us a chance, like, I'm good with it. So then he tells me, you know, that he can't, you know, he's got to throw BP, that he can't watch me throw, but he's going to have one of the veterans watch me. And he completely trusts his judgment. He was like, you know, I'm not being disrespectful to you. I just want you to know that if that kid, if that kid tells me, yo, this guy could throw, I completely trust him and you're going to be a part of his team. So I was like, fair enough. I was like, no disrespect. It's all good. So I'm out in the outfield and I'm playing catch. What's going through your mind during that time? You know? I, I, I could care less. Yeah. I could care you're, less. You're like, you're I, as cool I, as, I, listen, yeah. I, I've been there and done that. I've seen it all, man. So it's I'm just I'm just out here and I'm like, I just want to have fun. Sure. So I'm playing catch and this dude runs from the from the mound where he's throwing BP, runs out, and he goes, How old are you again? I go, forty. He goes, he's like, I'm just watching you play catch. Yo, you still got it. And I was like, shit, we're gonna find out. So I go and throw my bullpen, and and the, the guy that's watching me throw, he's like, hey, you look good, man. And I was like, listen, I was like, I'm throwing like 60% right now. I was like, I got, I'm old, I can't waste bullets. So I was like, you know, I'm I'm just here to show you. Look, I'm in one piece. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. So, you know, he goes and talks to the manager, and the manager is like, hey, you know, what can you, what can you know, you're more comfortable starting in the bullpen. I said, look, I'm more comfortable starting. Having, you know, uh, the last four and a half years of my career as a starter. I said, but whatever. I just, I want to pitch. Sure. I want to pitch. If you're going to use me out of the bullpen, you're going to have to just tell me this is the day you're going to pitch. Right. I need, I need to prepare. Like, I, I need yeah, to. Yeah, you can't just kind of go out there and chuck anymore. Like, like some guys right. go out before the game, an hour or two before the game, they're playing catch. Then they sit for three hours and then they get heated back up. I can't do that. I right. can't do that. My body's not ready for that. If you tell me, hey, you're going to be a seventh inning guy, you know, third, fourth inning, I'm going to start going through my routine. I'm going to move my body. And if, if my name is called in a seventh, I'm good. So I, but I told the manager, I said, listen, I said, I'd be more comfortable starting. And I said, honestly, I still have a commitment to the guys I train, to the guys I coach. I said, so ideally, I, it would be best for me to pitch Sundays. I said, I work long days on Thursday and Friday. Saturday, I'm going to be shot. Give me Saturday to recover, and I'm ready, I'm ready to roll on Sunday. So he goes, perfect. We need a Sunday starter. So, you know, I post on Instagram. Now I'm happy. Now I'm like, all right, like this is going to become a reality. 
you know, it's something that's haunted me for 14 years. I wanted to get back on the field. So game day comes. It's not even raining. It's not even raining. They're calling for rain and they cancel the game. Yeah. So like major buzz kill. Sure. Major buzz kill. You know, my, my wife was right, having a barbecue. We're having people over because we were, they were going to come over after the game. So now we move it up. And I'm like, no, I got to go throw. She's like, what do you mean you got to go throw? I said, I was supposed to pitch today. And now I'm pitching next Sunday. I have to go throw live. So now I'm scrambling. I got to get a catcher. The indoor facility is closed. Can't go in, in there. I call and I say, listen, I got to go in here. I'm not renting cages. You're not open for business. This is me personally. I have to throw. I explain the situation. So they let me go in there. I go. I throw. I throw about four innings. So I get my day done. So now, again, it's another long week. I wait for uh, the following week, and I get to pitch against the Jackals. And, and uh, he called me like two days before. It was like, hey, we signed a younger guy. We're going to let, you know, is it okay if he starts? And we just pitch you. He throws the first two or three, yeah. and then you come in and throw three behind him. I was like, I told you, I just want to pitch, man. And then that was it. I, I went out there for my first day. I came in uh, for the fourth inning. I threw three innings, gave him one hit, three strikeouts, no walks. And, uh, you know, afterwards, I, you know, I, I gave him a pound. I gave the manager a pound, and I was like, "Hey, listen, you know, this means a lot to me." I was like, "This is this is bigger than baseball." I was like, "You, I don't know if you're gonna totally get it." I was like, "But, but today meant a lot, and I really appreciate you giving me the shot." And he was like, "Does that mean you're not coming back next week?" <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, I'm, I'm back. I had a lot of fun. Like, I'll communicate with you early in the week." And that's it. And you know, I got another chance. You know, I got rained out again and, right. the following week. And then yesterday, uh, you know, he talked to me before the game. He's like, we're going to let this, the younger guy start, but you're going to be the first guy out of the pen. Are you okay with that? And I was like, yeah. He was like, we're going to communicate with you to make sure, you know, you're good and loose. Uh, and, you know, yesterday, starter got in a little bit of a trouble, trouble in the fifth inning. And he comes out calling me and uh, bases loaded with uh, one out in the fifth inning in a 6-4 game. So I, Right in the I mean, fire. I'm right in the fire. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not. I'm not nervous. But I walk on the mound. I'm like, I'm like, damn, you got a lot of confidence in old man, huh? And he's probably thinking like, is this guy, this guy's not even locked in. Like, what's going on? Yeah. And I get out of the jam. I go out and I throw another scoreless inning behind it. You know, the the other guys come in out of the pen, do a good job, hold the lead. We score a couple runs in the eighth. We pull away and and we win the game. And I get. I get credited with the W again. So it's two straight fit outings. Right. I get a win. And afterwards, he was just like, he was like, I love it. He's like, I love it. He's like, you're you're 40 years old, and you you literally don't give a damn about anything out there. You're just locked in. And I was like, you know, when, you, when you're out of the game for that long and you get that opportunity again, like you just you just enjoy every second of it. You know, is is it a little bit different now, A, because you you know, you have all of that experience up top, but but B that it may not be so much that, that you're playing like with the aspirations of getting to the major leagues. Not saying that's you know, this can't be like another uh, run of the rookie per se, but is is there a little bit something different now because maybe the goal uh, for you is, is different as opposed to, you know, when you you were playing in the Padres organization. Not, not really. Not really. Listen, if I go and get lit up, 
the kids I coach, some some of them, I, I, I talk a lot of trash to them. You know, even my pro guys, like I'll, I'll watch one of them pitch and they'll give up a bunch of runs. They'll, they'll give up five or six runs and two and a third. And I'll be like, yo, how did you, how did you get hit by these guys? You know, and they'll be, you know, they'll look at me like, oh, you think you, you think you're God. You think you could just step on a baseball field and go out and just get people out. Right. So I feel like there's almost more on the line right now because I have a, I have a point to prove. Like when I, when I work with these guys and I tell them, hey, if you do this, this, and this, you're going to be successful. I proved that years ago, but now you hear, oh, the game's different now. Oh, the times have changed. This isn't the Stone Age anymore. All right. Now what do you got to say? Now what do you got to say? Because I've gone out and done it twice, and I proved it. And and I'm sure in, unless unless my shoulder explodes, I'm going to go prove it a third time, and I'm going to prove it a fourth time if my body holds up. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm confident that I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do my job, help my team win. But, you know, it, it, as, as a coach, you know, when you have more kids looking up to you and you're trying to get a message across to them, I do feel like, there's more on the line. I, I didn't really, wasn't really a guy that felt pressure, mm. especially a couple of years into my pro career. I, I welcomed it. I welcomed the bigger stage. I, I, I was all for it and I really wasn't phased, but now it's like in my mind, I know I'm not going to be a big leaguer. This isn't, this isn't going to be the rookie. There's not going to be a Disney movie made yep. about me. Uh, because I don't know if I could physically hold up. I don't. I don't think I could pitch every fifth day. Like, what are you? What are you seeing? Because you know we're the same age. What are you seeing in terms of you know how your body responds to training, exercise? In this case, competition. You know, as it did 10, 15, uh, You know, years ago. Well, listen, fifth. Yeah, well, fifteen, 15 is years a long, ago. Long time ago yeah. Fifteen years ago. Yeah. I could have thrown an inning in two thirds and the next day I'd been fine. Yes. Uh, today I feel like I threw about 65, 70 pitches yesterday. Um, you know, it's just a slower recovery process. I do, I still have three tears in my rotator cuff. I had that surgically repaired in 2006, mm. but over time, not really being a, a serious athlete, I've, I've done some damage to it. So I, I do, I do a lot of stuff to, to maintain, um, you know, I, for, I, I haven't trained as hard as I have when I was trying to rehab and actually go back to pro yeah. ball. But I do, I, I have spent a lot of time this offseason lifting. Um, you know, the, the guy I have, uh, do, Frank? yeah, Frank Duffy Fitness, uh, he does all the stuff for my high school and college guys, all the strength and conditioning. And he was at Cressy Sports Performance for a couple of years, which is like, the top place right. for strength yeah. conditioning. So I did, I did do a lot of stuff with him off season and in the past, um, a lot of mobility work, which that's stuff that I didn't do when I was playing. Mm -hmm. So I've definitely felt that that's helped me. And I've laid off a lot of like arm care. I used to do a ton of arm care work and I feel like less is more for me now. So you gotta listen to your body. You know, I'm not 25, 25. I don't think I ever woke up in the morning and felt like shit. <laughs> You know, you woke up and, and you felt like you felt like a world beater. You know, when when I got invited to spring training with Milwaukee, I mean, I basically went to a tryout in Arizona off my couch in January 2004. I think I played catch at 60 feet three or four times. And I went out on a mound and, and was sitting 91, 93 and got a contract on the spot. So, I mean, I I can't do that now. I mean, I, got, I have to. 
like I have to put a couple months of really hard training in to be able to get my velo where it is now. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to I have to get a good night's sleep. I have to, you know, try to eat a little better, especially in the days leading up to a start. Make sure I'm drinking a lot more water. You know, if I take out the garbage, I have to carry it with my left arm. Like I, I have to really be conscious of of certain things where these are things I didn't even think of 15 years ago. Sure. You know, Greg, let's backtrack a little bit because I think your story is really interesting from, you know, having kind of grown up, you know, in the same in the same space. Um, you played baseball at Malloy under a legendary Jack, Jack Curran, Curran, right? Um, so I want to start there. What lessons did you kind of take from from playing for Jack that, that's helped you, you know, along the way? So, first of all, the, the first lessons came from Jerry Albert. Jerry Albert was a junior varsity mm. coach, and uh, everybody hated him. He was a hard ass. He worked He worked our asses off. I mean, we ran a ton. Um, and every, every single day, like, if you didn't bring it at practice, you weren't going to be there. So, that was – I already had a good work ethic, but that pushed me into, like, the next stratosphere – it was like, hey, look, this is the Malloy way. If you're not going to do what we ask of you, I mean, guys quit. Guys, sure. you know, and every, like I said, everybody hated him because he pushed us so hard. So he really instilled the work ethic. And on JV, I didn't play. I didn't play much. So, like, that bothered me. And it, and it drove me to keep working hard. When you got to Karin, he was he was a little bit more laid back. He expected you to have learned everything at the JV level, and he, he, he expected you to just go out there and perform. Uh, the major lesson I learned from him was just be a great person. Just be a great person. I mean, he was, he was so good to his players, and, and take baseball out of it. Take baseball out of it. I mean, just if you had a problem, he would try to help you. I mean, I lost, I lost my wallet on a spring break trip, and you know he was like if you need anything you tell me you have money for food and like he cared and you you saw that like he really cared about his players and that was i thought i should have played more then too i didn't but i didn't i didn't feel any type of way about him because of it because i saw no matter what he cared and and that was the biggest thing when i became a coach was care for your players and I, I really think that's important, you know, as someone who works with young athletes is you really do have to show that you're, you know, invested in mm-hmm. them. Um, you know, another thing, and you, you talked about really at the beginning, you know, that, that you hit this like big maturation process when you went to college. And I remember playing locally and like, you know, when you got signed, a lot of us were like, you know, being what you play with Fordella and the Romans wins. Mm-hmm. If someone would have said 1997, 98, that Greg's going to play ball everyone was like nah Greg don't throw hard enough like that's what I remember growing up it was like you had good control but it was like you know you weren't you weren't you weren't the flamethrower and a few years later they were like yo Greg got signed like what because you know you went to some school that was way out in Missouri you know way out of the way and um you know I think that in itself is is like a lesson in 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 perseverance because you weren't like the high recruited guy Mm -hmm. here of you know, out of the city and in a short way, what, what were you able to do, you know, in those two, three years that, that you went away that really, 
you know, pushed your development because like I said, I don't think you were the guy that people, you know, would have, would have picked out of that Malloy lineup per se to sit, you know, play pro ball at the yeah. time. Well, for, the biggest thing was focus. Yeah. The biggest thing was focus while everybody else that stayed local or wherever they went while they were hitting the clubs and, you know, and, and, and maybe, maybe not partying hard, but they did hit the party scene while they were doing that. I was, I was running a huge hill on campus. I was sprinting up there at two thirty three in the morning. Um, didn't drink, never did a drug. Uh, was just, was just like laser focused on, I mean, if you asked me in 1997, if I was going to be a pro baseball player, would have said. I would have, I would have bet everything on it. Right. There, there, there was, right. there was no stopping me. Um, actually, uh, Pete Serra, sure. his son played at Malloy with me. Uh, he, he was a guy that I know I heard him tell people in 1997, watch when this kid, when this kid physically matures, he's going to be something special. Right. And he just, he just watched like the looseness of my arm. But I mean, my, I mean, I was a late bloomer, but it was like, I wanted to pitch in high school. I wanted to be in a starting rotation. I wanted to be the guy. And I wasn't, and I wasn't mad about it. I wasn't mad at the guys that were mm -hmm. because I wanted them to do well. You know what I mean? It's like, Hey, we're winning. This is, this is good for everybody. But at the same time, it, it, it burned my ass that I don't want to be the bench warmer. I want to play. I want to make an impact. And, uh, Oh, we're good. Yeah, we're oh, still recording. Yeah. I, I, I just, I just wanted to be a guy, and you know, there were guys that got a lot of notoriety, and I thought that maybe they were a little overrated, and not just from my school, from other schools. Um, but it was like, okay, listen, when I catch up physically, I'm going to show everybody who, who the best player around here really was. And, and do you think that it, some of it had to take that, you know? That you you went to school like a like a where where was it? It was in Missouri or Mississippi? Missouri, or, Missouri, right? That like again a kid from like Middle Village, Queens. We really don't send people well, you it, know it, out there. Me, my cousin went with me, yeah. So it was kind of like we we weren't really like enamored with any of our college options, and it was kind of like, yo, if you go, I'll go. Okay. Let's just roll out. Uh, the whole baseball team was from California. They had gone to an NAI World Series. So I was like, we're not the only city kids. Like, it's it's basically going to be a California baseball team in the middle of Missouri. Yeah. Um, but it was, I mean, the nearest the nearest town anything to do was 30 minutes away. I didn't have a car. You know, a lot of times you just stuck on campus, nothing to do. And again, I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I, none of that. I didn't have any of that stuff to do. So it was like. Hey, do your do your schoolwork, which I did partially, <laughs> and baseball. Sure. And and that was it. And and I went in and I got an opportunity to pitch as a freshman. So we we had a couple guys fail off, and I had a I had a really good fall, and I I got a little bit stronger. I I grew a little bit. I put on twenty pounds in the off season, and I came out my freshman year throwing like eighty four to eighty seven. And, and I got to, I was in a starting rotation from day one and I got to pitch and you had your good days, you had your bad days, 
but that's what I needed. I needed to learn. I needed to be out there. I needed to be thrown innings and get mm-hmm. that experience. And, you know, by the end of the year, I won a game in the NAI World Series. Uh, and that was that was like a huge confidence booster. And, and, you know, how do you kind of apply your experience of, of that late blooming and getting these opportunities to, to the kids that you work with now? Because I'm, uh, can you spot that a little bit in some of the kids that like, you know what, you might be, you're like a little bit off, but like if I work with you, you keep like pushing like, you know, I, I can see that, that similar path for you. Yeah, I, I have, I had a guy, uh, when I was at Christ the King, Tim Panetta, Tim Panetta thought he was a position player. He, you know, uh, the fall of his senior year, he had zero bites for college. Uh, I asked him to throw a bullpen. He topped out at 79. I think he hit it once or twice, but he was living like 76, 77. And I basically told him, I said, Hey, look, you're going to work with me all winter. And every day I'm at the batting cage, you're going to be there with me. We're going to work out every day. You can help me with clinics and stuff, but you're going to train every day. I said, and you're going to get a scholarship on the mound. And he bought in. And by the time, by the time the high school season started, I mean, there were, there were a ton of schools that came out to watch him. He had, he had big offers from Dominican and Malloy college and he ended up going to Malloy college and he was, he was sitting 83 to 87 and topping out at 88 miles an hour senior year of high school. And, you know, That's here was a, a kid, improvement in like here a was season. a kid that had zero bites. So like you do, you do see it in a lot of kids. Some you'll get bigger results quicker. Um, and then you need, you need a kid to have that work ethic, you know, cause you could tell kids, Hey, look, you got to do this, this, and this, you can guide them. But at the end of the day, if they don't push themselves, I mean, what, what good was it? You know right. what I mean? So you need, you need the kid to actually work, but you, I, I, I see, I see a lot of kids that, are, that can be late bloomers. Um, and you just try to keep them involved. You try to ha- get them to have as much success as they can have now. And just wait for that development to take place. Wait for their body to develop. And I've been, I've been the worst guy on a pitching staff, and I've been the best guy on a pitching staff, and I've been everything in between. I've been the slowest thrower on the team. I've been the hardest thrower on the team. So I feel like being in that predicament, you know, being being the last guy to probably make my high school team, right? To being the ace of a river city rascals pitching staff and pro ball you you know what it feels like to be that last guy and you know what it feels like to be that top guy so like it, it i can relate to guys on different levels you know when you have that guy that's struggling i can relate because i've had plenty of struggles you know when a guy's having success like i know exactly how to relate to that and what i got to do to keep that guy grounded and from thinking that he's just so great, like, hey, we still have to work on things, you know, just because you're doing really well right now doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. So uh, I, I, I feel like my, that my experience and the way my transformation has been mm-hmm. helps me relate a little bit more. And, and do you feel now just like what you've been able to accomplish even this season you know, is a, is a message for folks our age that like, not so much don't give up on your dreams, but like a number is not necessarily like a death sentence to like being active and competing. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I tried to come back two summers ago. Okay. So I, I was taking it serious and all these teams, I called teams in a Can-Am league. I reached out to a couple of Atlantic league teams. 
Nobody even answered the phone. Mm-hmm. Nobody took me seriously. That that pissed me off because I felt like I felt like I was in better shape that summer, and I felt like, hey, I'm ready to go here, and like people see like I'm 38 years old and like they're not giving me the time of day, and I, I was offering like, hey, let me throw against your your three, four, five hitters. If they light me up, you don't have to say anything. I'll, I'll grab my shit and I'll leave. Right. Um, but I wasn't even given that chance. So I feel like just, just with the craziness of this year and me actually getting a chance to do this, you know, maybe if someone else is in my situation in the future, you know, maybe people will take them a little more seriously because two years ago, I, I feel like I could have helped a couple teams, mm-hmm. you know, I could have won some ball games and maybe help them get into the playoffs or, or maybe win a playoff series and, you know, I just, I just wanted, I, the whole reason I, I did this is just for some like closure to my baseball career. You know, when you go out and you pitch a game and you get injured, you don't realize that's going to be your last game. You're like, I'm going to rehab, I'm going to be back in a year, no big deal. And then it's two years and then it's three years. And then like, you never got to see the end coming. Now I know the last, every day I go out there, it could be the last day. Right. You know, I could go out there and and I could hear a snap, crackle, or pop and be like, yo, this is it. I'm done. Don't throw out the trash. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it's definitely it's definitely something that hopefully opens other people's eyes. Right. That, hey, if you still got that fire inside and you still you still have some talent in you, go go after it. You know, and and to all the people that make the decisions out there. You know, if, if you if you have somebody that's sending you video and trying to like beat your door down and say, Hey, give me a shot, don't just write them off. You know, and I'm I'm grateful for uh Berto Gonzalez, the manager of Rockland, for for saying, you know what, I'll take my chance with this guy. You know, I'll let him come down, you know, and and saying, Hey, you know what, I think he can compete and give me a shot because first of all, it's been a ton of fun. Yeah. But second of all, you know, I had something to prove and I wanted, I wanted that closure, you know? So now, now if, if this is it for me, you know, at least I walked away on my terms and I walked away at 40 years old and said, look, I can still compete. 